Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, the last Pat's Pulpit Podcast of the 2019 season due to the results. That took place this past weekend in the wild card round. Patriots dropped a game to the Titans. No one saw that coming, except for one Rich Hill, my partner in crime here, who predicted this one. Rich, congratulations, I guess. Well uh, done. Uh, Alec, not this way, but exactly this way. I mean, it, w- it was written on the walls that Derrick Henry was just going to absolutely annihilate this Patriots team. And he did to the tune of 182 rushing yards, an additional 22 yards through the air. That is 204 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. He was the entire offense for the Tennessee Titans, who had a whopping 72 passing yards from Ryan Tannehill. Their top wide receiver had six receiving yards on the day. This was a game where everything was as it has been the entire season. The defense was fantastic, uh, Derrick Henry notwithstanding, although you could argue that that's probably what the Patriots wanted. They didn't want the the Titans to win through the air. Um, They would much rather them concede yardage on the ground, but the defense did a great job allowing only 14 points the entire game. That should have been more than enough to win. But then the Patriots' offense came up short. The passing attack, non-existent. The rushing game, limp. Alec, what was going through your head when you were watching this game? You know, it's funny. Uh, I think this team played exactly, as you mentioned, they played exactly how they played all season. Uh, The Patriots 2019, they beat up on the bad teams. They had trouble moving the ball and scoring points against the decent teams. And they got beat up pretty hard by the good teams. And they lost to the Dolphins thrown in there as well uh you know i just don't think they were a very good team this year in 2019 defense was championship caliber i mean the offense needed two touchdowns and a field goal that would have won this game including first and goal from the three yard line and they couldn't do that they could not score more than one touchdown the entire game and when you can't score than more than one touchdown the entire game at home in the playoffs you don't deserve to win and I'm totally fine with it because I think my thought process was they would beat the Titans on Saturday and then go to Kansas City and just get smoked by the Chiefs. <laughs> I was not looking forward to watching that, so now I don't have to watch that. It just seems to me, though, Richard, the Pages are going to play wild card weekend. They should really try to avoid teams with good rushing attacks because this is now two wild card rounds, 10 years apart, where a running team comes in, the opposing quarterback does nothing, and the running back just embarrasses the defense up 
and down the field. Even though, as you said, they only let it, they only scored 14 points the whole time. So despite the fact that Derrick Henry went off, they were still in position to win it. And as they have all season, the Tom Brady-led offense just could not get it done. And the Patriots are rightly and deservedly playing golf this week. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Happy days. Bring on the offseason. Why not? I mean, this is a Patriots team that never was going to go anywhere. We've been talking about this on this podcast the entire season. It's that they've never formed an identity at any point in time. There was far too much turnover on offense. Uh, and I should clarify, there was no identity on offense. The defense was elite to the end. They did a great job. They did more than you could have asked for. But there was never a receiver who stepped up next to the embattled Julian Edelman, who had uh, three catches for 30 yards, added two carries for 12 yards and a touchdown. The story of the year, he was the offense. James White was a good complimentary player. Sony Michelle did a well, good enough job on the ground, but not you know a first-round pick good. And there was no one else. I mean, you just look at what happened with Nikhil Harry, seven targets, two catches for 21 yards. Mohamed Sanu, five targets, one catch, 11 yards. Philip Dorsett, four targets, one catch, six yards. Those were your players that were supposed to step up and be your number two receiver next to Edelman. And none of them showed that they were up to the task. And just to really reinforce the fact that this has been the story the entire year, let's go back to week four of the regular season, which is when the Buffalo Bills effectively broke this New England Patriots offense. Uh, they showed that any team that has like a viable defense, how they can stop this New England team. And it's really just double Julian Edelman and then challenge Tom Brady to find anyone else. Since week four, and this includes the midseason acquisition of Mohamed Sanu and the midseason return of Nikhil Harry, but since week four, Philip Dorsett was targeted 44 times and only caught 17 of them. He, that means he only caught 39% of his catches. That is atrocious. Mohamed Sanu had 52 targets, caught 27 of them. That is 52%. That is also atrocious. Nikhil Harry had 31 targets, 14 catches. That's 45%. It is just really abysmal that across all of them, Brady was completing less than 50% of his passes to the supposed number two receivers when you had Julian Edelman collecting roughly two-thirds of his passes. And even Jacoby Myers was catching 62%, but he just wasn't given those opportunities in that offense. So story of the season, defense was great. Offense didn't do nearly enough. And Alec, when you're watching that game, do you think that it's Tom Brady's fault or is it more the fact of the supporting cast? You know, it's funny. I feel like Tom Brady actually played one of his better games of 2019 for what that's worth. I think he definitely had a down year statistically and personally. He just didn't play as well as he has in years past. Maybe we're at a point where this is just the Tom Brady we're going to get from here on out, and that's fine. Maybe it's not. I think we'll see next year if and when he comes back to New England. But I think he was throwing some absolute lasers. He had a beautiful pass to Ben Watson. I think on the, the second drive or the, third, or the first drive of the game, it was a really tight windows. He had a pass to Sanu right down the sideline for 33 yards. That was broken up at the last second. He was accurate he was decisive uh he had just had a lot of drops and he couldn't quite find open receivers as you mentioned because they just doubled Edelman and nobody else could get separation I don't want to take blame away from Tom Brady I think quarterbacks get way too much credit and too much blame for wins and losses in the NFL as a whole but I don't think this loss is on Tom Brady I think Tom Brady did what he could with what he had but when you're just not that good a football team which the Patriots really weren't in 2019 you're eventually going to get beat by a team that knows how to beat you and Mike Vrabel is now 2-0 
against Bill Belichick dating back to last year. They figured out the offense. They figured out the defense. And the team that deserved to win won it. And I don't want to take blame away from Brady, but I don't think this is on Brady at all. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think we've seen enough from Tom Brady that gives you hope that in the seasons to come, they will be fine. They'll figure it out. It's really just a sign of the supporting cast. Um, I, I think, you know, to go a little historical here, this was very similar of an offensive production as that 2013 Patriots team uh, where, sure, they managed to reach the conference championship, but we knew that they weren't going to go anywhere. We knew that, like, they technically had, like, a chance against the Denver Broncos in the, the conference championship game, but not really. And uh, this was a very similar offense where it was led by Julian Edelman as the leading receiver. And then your next three yardage people were all running backs. You know, you had Stephon Ridley, LeGarrette Blunt, and then Shane Vereen that year as your two, three, and four biggest yards gainers. And this year you had Sony Michelle, James White, and Rex Burkhead. So it's a very, very similar, uh, you know, grouping of players. And we saw that the Patriots decided to really reinvest in the other positions in 2014. Uh, they, they, you know, they brought in Brandon LaFell. They shook up a lot of the roster that year. Um, you know, they also benefit from having the return of Rob Gronkowski, who missed the majority of 2013. But there was just very clear evidence that the Patriots didn't have the talent on offense this year. So be it. It's fine. It's not going to be there every year. It's not for lack of trying. The Patriots had so many players recycled through their roster from Josh Gordon to Demarius Thomas, you know, even Antonio Brown for a stint, even though they never should have done that in the first place. They tried with Mohamed Sanu. They tried with Nikhil Harry, who's still young and has a lot of, uh, you know, potential in front of him. He's only 21 years old, so there's a lot of opportunity for him to continue to grow as a player. Uh, I guess Nikhil Harry, he just turned 22. Um, uh, you know, last month. So th there's a lot of opportunity there for the, the Patriots to just do a little bit better next year because it didn't pan out this year. Um, and so, Alec, when you're thinking of the story of 2019, what are some of the moments that stood out to you the most? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking back on the season. I have to, as a quick little preview of the offseason, I, I put together my annual top 20 with memorable Patriots moments countdown uh, earlier today while I was slacking off at work, uh, which allowed me to go back <laughs> to the entire season. And I'm not going to give away what's going to be coming up and what's going to be happening on that list. Check in throughout the weeks and months of the offseason to follow along as we count down from 20 down to one. But um, just looking at the highlights and watching some of the, the, the replays and whatnot, this was a really, really exciting – it's going to sound, sound dumb, but a really exciting special teams unit. Great kick coverage, a bunch of block punts. There were some really cool moments in there, and I think what I'm going to probably most take away from this season is how much of a disparity there was between basically before and after the Baltimore Ravens game. I don't think there's ever been a season where it started off so strong, but there were still question marks because they were beating up on these bad teams, and the real test was coming on that. I think it was Monday night game in, in Baltimore. That'll be the real test to see how good these Patriots are, if they're mentally tough enough to go into a good house and, and beat a good team, and they just got slapped around and never really recovered, which is very uncharacteristic of a Patriots Bill Belichick run unit. And I'm hoping what will happen is they'll look at that game, look at the latter half of the season, saw what didn't work out, and they will approach this coming 2020 season with a kind of uh, chip on their shoulder that will allow that to never happen again. So for me, it's really a tale of two, two halves. Uh, first half was solid because they beat up on bad teams. And then when the time came to really lace the gloves up and show the world that they're a tough team that deserves to be contended with, 
They just didn't do it. And sometimes it's the wake-up call you need coming off six Super Bowl championships. You're not always going to win it every single year, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there is just very clear signs that they need to continue to retool things. There will be a lot of moving pieces heading into 2020. Uh, most notably, Tom Brady is a free agent for the first time in his career. But also, so will Devin McCourty, Kyle Van Noy, Matthew Slater, Nate Ebner, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, uh, Joe Tooney will be one as well, Ted Karras, Alandon Roberts. Those players will all be unrestricted free agents. You can throw in Adam Butler as another key player. He's a restricted free agent. So there are a lot of players out there that the Patriots will have to sign. And if you're looking at the story of this offseason, Alec, what's going through your head? I'm going to set the stage for you, Rich Hill. Tom Brady is a free agent as you just mentioned, which means we've, we've already started. It's funny. The NFL playoffs are still going on. There are teams vying for a Super Bowl championship this season, and all you can hear anywhere, I'd turn off the radio today, is where is Tom Brady going to go next year? That's the narrative <laughs> today, despite the fact that the NFL playoffs are still happening. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. But I think it's going to happen, Rich. I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to sit down at some point between now and mid to late February – and they're going to have a little powwow, and they're going to say, let's suit up. Let's get one more ride, one more for the road. Let's make this happen. There's no way I, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, am going to have my last pass at Gillette Stadium be a pick six. I'm coming back. Get me some tools. Let's go get number seven. And they're going to spend the offseason and the trade deadlines and whatnot building themselves a 2007-esque roster, and they're going to piss off a lot of people next year. That's my <laughs> prediction. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm completely on board with that, too. I, I made this prediction uh, on Twitter and to everyone else at Pat's Pulpit that this story with Tom Brady is not over. I mean, we've seen this before where, sure, maybe he's going to test the market, but a, Robert Kraft's not going to let him walk. That would be just, like, the most preposterous thing to see happen. And Bill Belichick will realize, I mean, Tom Brady's still a good quarterback. And we've seen how the Patriots have managed Tom Brady's contract in the past, whether it's what they did this past year by adding fake years to the end of his contract to spread out his cap hit, which is something that will absolutely happen again, as well as giving him an incentive-heavy contract that you know will probably happen again because he's coming off of his worst season. And from a cap perspective, you can incorporate a lot of not likely to be earned sort of incentives into his contract that can make his deal seem pretty team-friendly from a cap space, but from an actual production standpoint, probably won't be that bad. You know, if you say, Tom Brady, if you throw 25 touchdowns this year, uh, we'll, we'll give you an extra million dollars. He threw 24 this year. That was his lowest production since, you know, 2006. So if, if they were able to just incorporate certain successes into his deal, I'm sure they'll be able to reach a middle ground. And exactly what you said, they need to surround him with better talent just because it's not there. We, we saw it. Maybe Nikhil Harry will continue to grow. Mohamed Sanu is still under contract. So you have Julian Edman, who will be another year older. Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead. Most of these players will still be here which is something to really reinforce this group that did not do too well right now can still improve. You know, Mohamed Sanu only had a couple months in the offense. Nikhil Harry was an injured rookie and rookies always struggle to, to perform. But what the Patriots need to do is say, all right, we ranked seventh in points this year. We haven't ranked seventh in points with Tom Brady at the helm since 2006. 
We ranked 15th in yards this year, and yards are how you get to the end zone. We haven't ranked 15th or worse in yards since 2003. This has contextually been one of the worst offenses of the Bill Belichick era. And after that 2006 season, that's when they acquired Randy Moss and Wes Welker, as well as uh, added Dante Stallworth. So they really revamped that. We could also look to the 2013 season, as we saw, you know, they benefit from the return of Rob Gronkowski to his all-pro form, sure, but they also added Brandon LaFell in the offseason. So they found ways to bring in two quality starters after those years. And they don't necessarily have that quality all-pro level starter like Rob Gronkowski coming off of the injured reserve this year. You know, you, you can have high expectations for Nikhil Harry or Mohamed Sanu, but you're not going to expect them to play at that level. So the story I tell myself when I'm looking at this Patriots this offseason is that I'm going to have my eyes open for some of these big premier targets, whether it's through free agency, where A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, these players are available as uh, unrestricted free agents. Or maybe it's through a trade where they could possibly get, I don't know, Marvin Jones from the Detroit Lions. There are ways that the Patriots can add top flight talent to their offense to really solidify the, the talent, the offense, make all of these improvements, still retain Tom Brady, still resign Joe Tooney. It is all possible. And exactly what you said, I envision Tom Brady being like, all right, give me two more years. Give me two years to, to win one more championship. You can sign me to a 10-year contract and spread out my cap hit. I don't really care that much. But give me a couple years. I want to go out on top. 100%. Again, I think Tom Brady will test the market maybe, just see what's out there. I'm actually curious to see what the market is for a 43-year-old Tom Brady. I think he'd do well in Los Angeles with the Chargers. They have some some good weapons there. There was a very interesting scenario I heard from some idiot where uh, Josh McDaniels goes to Cleveland. Tom Brady goes with him. Baker Mayfield benefits as a backup quarterback for a couple of years under Tom Brady. <laughs> um, they have some weapons. I mean, Tom Brady throwing to OBJ and Jarvis Landry with, with Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb. That's a pretty solid offense with Tom Brady, I think. So I guess that makes sense. Plus, it's the AFC North. It would be Brady, Roethlisberger, and Lamar Jackson. What a fun division that would be. But that's just disgusting to think about. Poor Tom Brady wallowing in Cleveland for his last couple of years. <laughs> There's no way Bob Kraft's going to let that happen. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? There's a long offseason ahead of us. There's a lot of speculation, nothing but speculation. And the Patriots are going to be as tight-lipped as they've ever been in this scenario. But, yeah, you just mentioned three really good wide receivers in Cooper and A.J. Green. Uh, Robbie Anderson's a free agent. Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent coming in. I think Danny Amendola may be coming back for one more ride. I think a lot of people – and talent around the NFL if they knew that the Patriots were kind of loading up and giving Tom Brady one last shot to just even further cement his legacy if it's all possible I feel like there'd be players that want to be jump on that bandwagon and take that ride maybe take a little less money and then get elsewhere to be part of this kind of historic last Tom Brady run and that might be a really nice negotiating point for the Patriots going forward because as we saw in the Tennessee game, they weren't going to have it happen this year. So I'm glad they lost now versus next week. It's a higher draft pick. It's more time to plan these things, more time to relax in the offseason, really build up for next year. But for all this dynasty is dead talk. These people, I hope someone out there is screenshotting all these tweets because they're going to look very, very foolish in about, I don't know, eight months or so. <laughs> yeah, especially because we've been here before. This is not a new situation for the Patriots. This is not a new situation for Tom Brady. It's not a new situation for Bill Belichick. It's not a new situation for Patriots fans. 
people have been crying out for the end of the Patriots dynasty since, if I'm not even joking here, I actually keep a record of this. They've been doing it since 2009. They've been doing it since the Patriots lost that wild card game to the Baltimore Ravens that one decade ago where Brady was coming back from his ACL injury. Their articles being like, well, that was the end of the Patriots dynasty. And boy, over the next decade, it has been quite an end. Um, but I mean, for all the reasons that we've said, there is lots to hope for with the Patriots. You know, this is a team that has the best defense in the NFL. And sure, there will be a lot of moving pieces, but I have a hard time seeing Devin McCourty leaving. Uh, you know, the story might be for Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Lawrence Guy, or, or Danny Shelton. Uh, I think Guy still has one more year in his contract. But, like, of all of these players, they'll probably resign the ones that are most important. They have Juwan Bentley in the wings. Alandon Roberts is probably going to return. There is talent in the pipeline on that defense. I am not concerned about that one bit. And that gives the Patriots plenty of opportunity just to revamp that offense as they greatly need to do because it never settled at any point through the entire season. They need to retain Joe Tooney. They need to either bring back David Andrews from his season-ending injury or if he's not available to go. They need to invest in that center position greatly. They need to hopefully have better depth at tackle. But, you know, they did everything that they could. This was just a season that was not in the cards for the Patriots. And that's it. They still went 12-4, and four, which in any given season should have been enough for a first-round buy. It wasn't. And, you know, it, it cost them because they, they collapsed at the end of the year. But in all honesty, what we've said is that they haven't looked good for most of the year on offense. And that just means that it's a pretty easy fix for what they have to focus on this offseason. And the big plus for me, Rich, you know, I don't know about you, but is I'm actually kind of looking forward to a playoff where I don't have to write any articles or cover the game or sweat through my seat while they <laughs> go down to the wire. I have zero rooting interest in any of these teams. I'm rooting for the Niners for, to win the whole thing because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I was hoping for the Saints, but they're now out of it, courtesy of Kirk Cousins. Uh, I would love to see a Kirk Cousins versus Ryan Tannehill Super Bowl, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, but for me, I'm hoping to see Jimmy Garoppolo go from San Francisco, and I'd love to see Lamar Jackson from Baltimore. I love that kid. He's fun to watch. I don't know if you have any rooting interest at all in particular, but that's my ideal Super Bowl matchup given the fact that who's left in it. Yeah, I mean, I even I would even throw in the Kansas City Chiefs, who have looked completely different since Patrick Mahomes has really settled in. But just how exciting is this postseason? You know, you have yeah. Lamar Jackson, who is likely this year's MVP. You have uh, Patrick Mahomes, who was coming off one of the greatest seasons for a quarterback in NFL history last year. You have those two. I'm already counting out the Texans and Titans, but whatever. But the Ravens and the Chiefs are were clearly the number one and number two best teams in the AFC. So you know what? The talent is still there. And in the NFC, yes, the, the San Francisco 49ers were the best team in the NFC the entire season. Uh, and also, you know, the 49ers, were, uh, sorry, the Saints were pretty good. But honestly, uh, you know, I, I have no real problem with them losing. I, I, I'm going to be quite honest. I, I have a soft spot for the Packers, but also for the Seahawks. Um, you know, the Seahawks, I, I really like Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I feel like he's always been overshadowed despite the fact that he went to back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Um, but, like, you have so many exciting quarterbacks as well as uh, Ryan Tannehill. So th this is going to be a, a great offseason to go. You're going to have plenty of great games left. And, yeah, exactly what you said. 
It's going to be a pressure-free watching, which hasn't happened for New England fans in the longest time. Because if we're going to be honest, even in 2013 and 2015, when Peyton Manning was in the quarter in the Super Bowl and the Patriots weren't, everyone was kind of rooting for him to lose, right? Every, every Patriots fan had an active rooting interest in that Super Bowl because they wanted Peyton Manning to lose because. This was prior to, you know, the mounting that comeback against the Atlanta Falcons when everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this debate is over. There's no point in having this debate whatsoever. And so there was an active rooting interest in those Super Bowls. It's probably since 2012 that was the last time the Patriots didn't care. And maybe even then they didn't want the Ravens to win. So it's been a really long time since Patriots fans have had the opportunity to watch the postseason, watch some football without having their heart beating through their stomach. So... Enjoy it, guys. Everyone enjoy it. Alec, what are your final thoughts on the 2019 New England Patriots? How blessed are we that a 12-4 and divisional win for the 11th straight year and an early playoff exit represents some kind of down year for our team? There are so many teams that would love to go 12-4 and and lose in the playoffs just once. And we're talking about it like it's some kind of, not a disaster, but this is definitely a down year for New England. And even if we're wrong here, you and I, and Tom Brady retires or he goes elsewhere, and the Patriots go 3-13 and next year, and it's just an, as, an absolute cluster, you know what, for the rest of our lives, we were still witness to the single greatest run in the history of professional sports across any sport. And that has been an absolute joy. And if we get one more year of Tom Brady, two more years of Tom Brady, I hope maybe we're taking how the uncertainty you're feeling right now, maybe the nervousness of life without him, you realize this and you take it all in next year for this wild, wild ride that has been this fandom. And I am honored and blessed to be part of Pat's pulpit to have broken it down with you this whole past season, Rich. I think you were better than me with the predictions, so I owe you a beer. Unfortunately, it sucks to lose not only on a uh, on a beer bet, but to lose in the playoffs when you pick the Titans to win, kind of a double whammy. But <laughs> what you're going to do, I'm looking forward to getting back with you. Maybe once the season's over, we'll take some time off, relax a little bit, and then come back once February hits, talk about free agency, the draft all that good stuff and the ride continues my man oh absolutely you know it was the end of this decade there's going to be another to go as far as i am concerned tom brady might have a couple more years left in the nfl i wouldn't be shocked if at the end of you know two more years in new england he goes for one of those weird years that everyone's like randy moss played for the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. What? And Tom Brady will be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for eight games. Who knows? It's probably going to happen. But from my perspective, Bill Belichick, he's 67 years young. He'll be 68 next year. He has the head coach all-time wins record in spinning distance. You know, give him five, six more years. He might be able to get it. And, you know, that means that I have a lot of hope for what the 2020s will have for this New England Patriots franchise because as long as Bill Belichick is there, this team's going to be able to compete. There's a lot of hope for this next season, as we've been talking about. They have the opportunity to revamp that offense. They have a lot of really good cornerstones on defense. The pieces are there. The AFC is better than they have been in recent years. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes will give the Patriots more challenge than, oh, wait, no, they're used to that. They had Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. So this is going to be same story, different teams for the next decade. And who knows, maybe Tom Brady will be there for the next 10 years too. 
And if Tom Brady's there for the next 10 years, so too will be the Pat's Pulpit Podcast with Alex Shane and Rich Hill. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had a good season. Hope you enjoyed it. But keep tuning in because we're not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later, man.